0: Uh, turn to Proverbs 4 and uh, let's pick up kind of where we left off last week. Anybody remember what we were talking about last week? Yes. We have been for a number of weeks now on the subject of the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. Is it a subject you have any interest in? Boy, I do. I mean, the more I learn about the wisdom of God, the hungrier I am for more. And let's read our text and believe God together for utterance tonight and go further. Proverbs 4 and verse 5. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. So who's the understood subject? You. You get wisdom. You get understanding. Can I get it? He wouldn't tell me to get it if I couldn't. Is it available to get? You don't holler come and get it if it's not ready. Right? And the Lord said come get it. Get it must mean it's available. It's get a ball. Yes. And who's supposed to get it? We are. Who are we waiting on to get it? Ourselves. Us. Get what? Wisdom. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Verse 6. Forsake her not and she shall preserve you. Love her and she shall keep you. What will preserve you? wisdom what will keep you wisdom Wisdom. i mean you can stop right there there's a lot of people dead not because it was god's time for them to go but because they were a fool you know it's just by the grace of god that i'm standing here before you tonight how about you i did some foolish stuff on motorcycles when i was 15 I did some foolish stuff in cars. I'd pop wheelies with Phyllis on the back and grace and do all kind of dumb stuff. Push the limit. And it's, you know, and when your kids and your teenagers and all this dare stuff, yeah. anybody ever do something dumb? Because yeah. somebody dared you? Yeah. That's being a fool. Yeah. It's not about courage about having no wisdom. And how many young people died doing something foolish? We'll see right there. Wisdom will preserve you. Wisdom will keep you. The wisdom of God. And so many times the reason people do stuff trying to prove stuff is because they're insecure. They don't know who they are. They're trying to prove to somebody else. When you know who you are and what you are, you don't feel the need to prove to somebody else. And you can do all kinds of stunts. And that don't mean they're going to believe in you. Or even like you. (laughs) Well, it'll make me cool if it don't kill me. (laughs) Really. And what exactly is cool? What will you have? How long will it last? Right. No. Wisdom will take care of you. Yeah. Protect you. And he went on to say. Verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Is it important? Yes, sir. It's major. Yeah. So get wisdom. And with all your getting. Get understanding. What's the emphasis here? Get it. Get it. Get what? Get wisdom. Get understanding. Get it. Get it. Who's he talking to? Can you get it? Well, we've been to getting it. That's why we gather together on Friday nights. Talk of, we don't just come to discuss it. We come to get it. And by faith, go ahead right now. And by faith, believe you're taking some with you. Some extra wisdom and understanding with you than you had before you got here. Just go ahead by faith and claim it. And then listen in faith and watch in faith and look at the verses and believe with me for utterance in faith. And then we leave with more than we came. I have the sense in me that wisdom is stronger in me than before we started this series. It's working in me. It's in incre- I'm seeing things I hadn't seen. Thanks be unto God. Now, uh, we've talked about a number of things relative to wisdom. And if you hadn't been here with us, man, we've already, by the direction of the Lord, covered a lot of ground. But I want to go further tonight, go over to Ecclesiastes 8 and kind of pick up where we left off. Ecclesiastes 8 and 5. Y'all believing with me? Let's pray a prayer of agreement. Before we read this, remember the scripture said, if any two of us would agree, touching anything we ask, so let's, I'll, I'll pray and lead, and if you can agree with it, then uh, as I ask, you ask and agree. Father, we, I thank you so much for this opportunity, us together. We ask as touching this for revelation concerning wisdom, utterance, full, strong, precise, for right now, for us. We ask for all of us for ears that hear and eyes that see and a heart that's open and receptive. Let there come into us an increase of wisdom and a supply of the spirit of wisdom. Revelation of truth and direction and answers. And by faith we believe we receive it and thank you for it. We know it you will. In Jesus name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. Ecclesiastes 8 and verse Five. We've seen this before, but let's continue. Verse five says, Whoso keeps the commandment shall feel no evil thing. Do you get cursed for obeying God? No, no you get protected. Protected, kept, blessed. And a wise man's heart discerns, everybody say discern, discern. discerns both time and judgment. A wise man's heart discerns both time and judgment. Now, back up, you know, in the third chapter, I believe it is, of this same book, Ecclesiastes 3, he talks about times and seasons. You remember that? He said, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, now, there's difference in time and season. He uses two different words. A precise time might be two o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon. time. But a season might include, depending on what you're talking about, it might be days or weeks or months or even years. a season. You hear sometimes people misquote Scripture and say, Well, you know, like the Bible said, it's appointed unto man, a time to die, and they think that means, you know, three o'clock on a Thursday or whenever your number's up. And when it is, that's it. Well it was their time. And somebody, you know, got killed in a car wreck at thirty three, and they say, Well, it must have been their time. Or somebody, you know, in an accident when they're a teenager, well it must have been their time. Not true. I said, not true. It's not what the Bible teaches. It's not even what that verse says. That verse says in Hebrews, it is appointed unto man once, one, one time, once to die. And if you look at all the other scriptures concerning this, you'll see that the idea is season. Job says, you'll come to your grave. In a good old age, like as a shock of corn comes in his season. Well, how many know when the ear hadn't even developed on the corn stalk, it ain't seasoned? And how many remember Psalm 91? He said, with long life, I'll satisfy you and show you My salvation. If we had time, we'd go into it. But the Bible talks about bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days. And the Bible talks about being overmuch foolish. Well, it's right here. In this book. (laughs) 7.17. What you laughing at? (laughs) 7.17 7.17 says, be not overmuch wicked and neither be what? Don't be foolish. Why? Why should you die? Now you get the rest of the phrase here? What? Before your time? Are there people who have been foolish and died before the season when it would have been right for them to go? Absolutely. Can you die before your time? Many people have. And they try to, you know, make it into this big deal. It was God needed another angel and this and that. And God just saw fit to take them. And it's not right. It's not scriptural. It's not what the Bible says. They died early. They died young before their time. And, you know, except by the grace of God, we'd have all died many times. Right? We'd have been gone. But by the grace and mercy of God. We're still here. And, you know, if you uh, will learn how to be led by the Spirit and have some wisdom, you'll stay out of trouble. Right. You won't have so many close calls all the time. And will be able to live out your full length of days down here below and be satisfied. When you're old, 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 full of days, rich Honor. You've done everything. You've finished everything God put you on the planet to do. You've been a blessing to people all around the place. And you just know I'm ready. Then you go. I said then you go. When you and God get good and ready for you to go. You don't have to die with one of the devil's stinking diseases. Or one of his goofy accidents. He's not your Lord. Amen. Amen. You know, you ever read about, a, who was it, uh, Israel and how he died. Called all his family around, you know, and prophesied to him, talked to him, spoke over him. Then the Bible said he gathered his feet up in the bed and went home. Went home, gave everybody a good charge and left. Didn't have to have 20 tubes and didn't have to be delirious and didn't have to have all the pains. People try to look wise and say, well now, Brother Keith, if you never got sick, how would you ever die? (laughs) Ain't that hard? (laughs) (laughs) It's not that hard. It's like, you know, the Bible says this body is like a sheaf or a holster. Or a scabbard, you might say, for a knife. Your spirit is in it. It's like a, you might say it like this, like a glove. See, you're looking at me and I'm looking at you. But really, you're sitting there looking at me through those two windows you call eyes. This is just the house you live in. Right? This is not you. If you lost this house, you'd still be you. You wouldn't cease to exist. And if my hand was in a glove, and I'd say, well, how in the world could we make this glove stop moving? (laughs) Pull my hand out of the glove, you won't have to stab the glove, shoot the glove, or put disease on the glove, right? Without the hand, glove is not moving. No life in it. And all you got to do is slip out of your body, and it'll fall down dead. The scripture said, let me die the death of the righteous, and let my last end be like his. There's a right way to go, and a right season to go, and there's a wrong time to go, and a wrong way to go. Everybody say that out loud. Let me die, let me die the, death of the, the death of the righteous, and let my last end, my last end be, like his. be like his. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe that's in numbers. Well, uh, where were we before we got talking about that? Ecclesiastes 8, weren't we? Well, actually, 3. 3, talking about a time and a season. And it said, to everything there is a season and a time. Do you understand the difference between time and season? Season might be a period of 10 years. Here he says, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and heal and break down and build up and weep and laugh and mourn and dance and cast away stones and gather stones and embrace and time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and lose and keep and cast away, a time to rend, a time to sow. Well, now, what if you're just just sowing away? And it's tearing time. I better say that again. What if it's time to refrain from embracing. And you just hugging everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Now we got into this last week. What is discernment? Actually the word that's translated understanding. A lot of times that word in the Amplified, for instance, in other translations, is translated discernment. And so he said get wisdom and he said get understanding. And sometimes it'll say understanding and discernment. What is discernment? Well, we said that literally it means uh, to know the difference. Let me read some of them to you again. One definition is to Distinguish. Another one is to discriminate. Another is to differentiate. One big word is to separate. Basically, it means to see and understand the difference. To know the difference. Well, if there's a time to weep and a time to laugh. Well, what if you're laughing in a crying time? What does that mean? It means you don't have discernment. You don't know what time it is. He said a time to plant and a time to pull up. Well, what if you're planting when it's pulling up time? (laughs) Now skip on down to verse 7. Here's a big one. The last part, a time to keep silence. And a time to speak. Now listen to a lot of folks. You'd think there never was a silent time. (laughs) But there is a time. To be quiet. And there is a time to speak up. Now you see it all the time. People talking when they shouldn't be. And quiet when they should speak up. Some of the biggest talkers won't talk when they should. Get mad and miffed. I ain't talking now. Well, any other time you want to talk? Well, I don't want to now. If you're led by your feelings, you will not be led by the spirit of wisdom. A wise, in our verse now, a wise man, wise woman's heart discerns What? Time and judgment. By the wisdom of God, you can discern what time it is. What's going on? What is appropriate? And what is inappropriate? Now, I'm not asking for any testimonies. Anybody raise their hand? But you can just look at me with a knowing look if you know what I'm talking about. Have you ever said the wrong thing? At the wrong time. Or done the wrong thing. At the wrong time. Why did you do it? Lack of wisdom. You did a foolish thing. And I've done a foolish thing. We've done it many times before. But we're not supposed to. I said we're not supposed to. And we don't have to. Now, you got to think right because sometimes people say, well, you know, we're all human and we all make mistakes and and you're just going to do that sometimes. No, you do not have to do it ever again. That's like saying you have to sin sometimes. You never have to. If you had to, if you couldn't help it, you shouldn't have to repent. Because it's not really your fault. But that's not true. The truth is, you and I never have to miss it again. Now, if you do, thank God. (laughs) There's 1 John 1, 9. And he's merciful. And he'll forgive us and cleanse us. Right? But don't come in acting like you didn't have a choice. You had to. No, no, no. Go to Philippians, please the first chapter and Luke 16 Philippians one and Luke 16 Philippians one is a prayer and notice among other things he says in verse nine Philippians one nine this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all what? Now, when you see the word judgment, a lot of times it's the same word, and other times it includes the same idea of differing. When you judge something, then you judge the difference. Guilty, innocent. Do you know which one they are? That's what judgment is about, right? Judge means we know the difference between guilty and innocent, and we're saying this one's innocent. Are guilty. Now he said. Pray. That your love would abound. And that you would abound in more knowledge. And judgment. Verse 10. That you may approve. Things that are excellent. You want to prove. What is of real value. The Amplified says. See a wise person. Discerns between what's valuable. And what is not. What is important and what is unimportant? What is precious and what is not? A wise person's heart discerns time and judgment. A wise person discerns that, you know, this is important for now. It's like the scriptures. Every one of these scriptures are good. What do we talk about tonight? They're all true, it's all good. What do we talk about tonight? Well, that's what I prayed for, you know, earlier in the day. And if you prayed for me, it's what you prayed for, whether you prayed or not. What? We want to discern what is right for now. Why are we even teaching on the subject of wisdom? We could be teaching on faith. That's a good subject. We could be teaching on prosperity or healing or righteousness or... Holiness, grace, it's all good. But the wise man and woman's heart discerns what? Time, judgment, discerns, knows the difference. This will change the way you think, it will change the way you talk. When we get together, we could talk about anything, but there's something appropriate that we talk about. We could do anything that we'd have the freedom or resources or means to do. But there is a thing that's the right thing for this time, for us. And if we discern it, then God's all over that. He's in the middle of that. And instead of us just sputtering along on our own, we get into some blessing. And it's true concerning every moment of our life. Every conversation we have. Now don't let this overwhelm you. Be encouraged by it. He said that you may approve the things that are excellent. Another translation says that you may be able to discern what is best. That you may be able to discern what is best. The new living says, I want you to understand what really matters. There's a whole lot of stuff just don't matter. And some things are wonderful, just not for now. They don't fit now. It's not right now. And every day is a new day. And every situation is a new situation. What's right for now? That's where wisdom comes in. Discerning. What's right for now. Can you say amen? Amen. Go to Luke 16 please. Luke 16. And verse 15. Luke 16. Jesus said something about money. That made the Pharisees mad. (laughs) He did. And verse 14. Because they were covetous. And they derided him. And verse 15, Luke sixteen fifteen, he said to them, you are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts for that, which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God, different value system, different value system compared to what a lot of people think is necessary or important or we have to do. You got what people think about that and you got what God knows. Does God know what's important and what's unimportant? Another translation says, what is highly valued among men is detestable in God's sight. Another one says, for things that are considered of great value by man are worth nothing in God's sight. There are all kind of projects that people are spending millions and millions and billions on. And as far as God's concerned, it's worth nothing. And people are spending on I mean, what about some movies that were made at a budget of a hundred million? There are all kind of things that people are doing. And it's not for you or me to judge what somebody else is doing with their money or time. It's us. What are we doing? Is what we're involved in, is it valuable? You know, we've been talking about kingdom business on Sundays. And seeking first the kingdom of God, that's valuable to God. Right? Right. Whatever benefits, builds, advances the kingdom of God, he calls that valuable. So many other things are a waste of breath and sweat and money and time. So many conversations. You'd have been better off not having. So many things you went and did. You'd have been better off at the house taking a nap. But you didn't have or I didn't have enough wisdom to discern that. So off we go and wear ourselves out. Got no grace on it because we shouldn't have even been doing it Anyway. Had a problem there. Because we shouldn't have been there anyway. (laughs) Hmm? Why? Because we didn't know what was important. We didn't discern what was really valuable. Well, how are you going to know on any given day and time what's valuable? Only one way. The Holy Spirit. The Spirit of wisdom who lives inside You and me. And by him we have an unction of the Holy One. He said and we know all things. Everything we need to know. We can know by him. If we'll look. If we'll pay attention. Now. Go with me to 1 Kings. The third chapter. 1 Kings 3. And here's where Solomon, known as one of the wisest men in the word, where he got his wisdom, let's just remind yourself of and then see this very thing we're talking about. In verse 4, well, verse 3, Solomon did what? Love the Lord. Loved the Lord. Love the Lord. Walking in the statues of David his father. Only he sacrificed and burnt incense in the high places. And the king went to give in to sacrifice there. And that was a great high place. Talking about to God. They were supposed to just do it at the one place. They were missing on that part. But a thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon that altar. Big love. Big offerings. Just a fact. Cause where your treasure is, that's where your heart, where your heart is, where your treasure goes. If you love cars above everything in the world, where's your money gonna go? Go on cars. If you love clothes, right? You understand what I'm saying? Love God? That's where it goes to God. And the thing is, you don't stay broke though, cause it keeps coming back. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. And uh, a thousand burnt offerings. Now what would a bull go for nowadays? (laughs) And the king's bulls would have been fine bulls. Well you multiply that times a thousand. And that's what the bill was that day. And in Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what I will give you. See he's given to the Lord all day. You know it takes a while. To sacrifice a thousand. sacrifices. The offering. Well you know some people think the offering lasts long around here. <laughs> How long would it take to offer a thousand. burnt offerings as a sweet sacrifice. They had to go. They had to lead the animal in. and Sacrifice it in a certain way it was dissected. In a certain way it was put on the fire. And that's number one. This is some offering. Yeah. Given, to God, given, to God, given 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 to God, give a thousand, a thousand. And the Lord shows up and goes, what you want me to give you? Now, do not misunderstand something here. You cannot buy a blessing. You cannot buy a healing. You cannot buy a salvation of a loved one. Did you hear me? It didn't say he was sowing these offerings trying to buy something to get. He loved the Lord. Just said he loved the Lord. He loved God. And that's why he sowing. Well then, the Lord says, what will I give you? Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said, you've showed your servant David great mercy. And for time's sake, we'll skip on down. Verse 9, give your servant what? An understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and bad. Wisdom and understanding go together. A wise person has understanding. Understanding includes discernment. When you understand something, you know the difference. When you don't, it's all the same to you. You don't know the difference. We talked, you know, last uh, week about an airplane panel. You call in one of these jets, unless you've had some training, you couldn't get the thing started. Because it's buttons and switches and dials everywhere. And you might think, switches is switches. (laughs) What was that advertisement they used to have? Parts is parts. Well, no, they're not. There's a difference. Every switch has a purpose, every dial has a purpose, every one. There's some buttons you best not push at the wrong time, especially the big red ones. (laughs) That would make sense, wouldn't it? The big red ones, if you're ever in the cockpit, do not push the big red buttons. (laughs) In our little plane. two big red buttons up at the top. Up there real handy where anybody could punch them. And you punch one of those buttons, one push. It'll shut off fuel. It'll shut off electricity, hydraulics, everything. Half of your plane just died. (laughs) One push. So it's good for the man or woman up front driving to have some discernment. Right, to know which button to push and which one you don't push. And there's certain ones you only push them at certain times. Like the little knob with the wheel on it. That's for the landing gear. But if you're ripping through the air at 400 miles an hour and you put that little knob down, you're going to hear all kind of awful noises. Well, that wind rips off your gear doors. (laughs) But no matter what you're talking about, things that require knowledge and learning and understanding, what happens is through being taught, through experience, you learn the difference. Don't you? This does this. This does not do that. They may look the same to the inexperienced or untaught, but they are very different. Life is full of things like that. And the simple, that's what simple means. The simple don't see the difference. And it's popular and it's a bad thing. With a lot of youth to pipe and go, well, whatever. (laughs) What does that mean? Whatever. The implication is, what difference does it make? That means the person is simple and does not have discernment, nor understanding, nor wisdom. Because when you have understanding, you know the difference. And there is a difference. Keep reading. Give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people and that I may discern between good and bad. For who's able to judge this so great a people? And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. And so he said, you know, I'm going to give you this. Bottom part of verse 11. Because you asked for yourself understanding to discern judgment. I have done according to your words. I have given you a wise and understanding heart. So that there was none like you before you. Neither after you shall any arise like you. And he went on to say, and I've given you what you didn't ask, riches and honor. And why do we know riches and honor have to come with that? Proverbs says, it's in both hands of wisdom. When wisdom comes in one hand is a length of days and the other is riches and honor. And that's how he learned that. Now, skip to verse 16. I mean, that's verse 13. Verse 15, he woke out of the dream. So the Lord said, I, verse 13, he said, I've done it. And he said it again, I have done, verse 12, I have done it. So when did it happen? It's done. Right? Before he gets through talking about the dream, it's done. And the very next thing that happens, it's recorded, we see it. Just a couple of verses, verse 16. Are you there? There came two women that were harlots to the king, and they stood before it. And one woman said, Oh, my Lord, I and this woman live in one house, and I was delivered of a child with her in the house. It came to pass the third day after I was delivered, just three days apart, this woman delivered her child. We were together. There was no stranger with us in the house, just we two in the house. And this woman's child died in the night because she overlaid it. She laid on the child while she was asleep, smothered the child, child died. And she arose, got up at midnight, and came, took my son, my baby from me, while your handmaid slept, and laid it in her bosom, and laid the dead child in my bosom. And when I rose in the morning to give my child suck, behold, it was dead. And when I considered it in the morning, behold, it was not my son, which I did bear. And the other woman said, No, nah, but the living is my son. And the dead is your son. This one said no. No. The dead is your son. And the living is my son. Thus they spake before the king. So they're back and forth. The dead baby's your baby. Then the woman said no it's not. The dead one is yours. Well how are you going to know? There was no DNA sampling. Amen. There's no record of birth. They had the babies at the house. There's no fingerprints. There's no. Birth certificate. Nobody else was there. The babies were three days apart. How are you going to know? Well does God know? He does. Does he know the difference? See he's standing there before these two women. Now he's the king. That's why he prayed this. Lord. Give me wisdom. Give me understanding to discern. He needs to discern. He needs to know the difference. Who's lying, who's not. Now, before I go further, the thing that keeps so many people out of this is they don't even believe they can know. They'll just stop right here and go, Well, there ain't no way to know. They're not looking for the wisdom. They didn't ask for it. They're not looking for it. They just go. There's no way to know. You ever heard that? Whatever. But see. He believes God's given him wisdom. He believes he's been given discernment. To know the difference. And so he's looking for it. Remember we've already talked about this. Wisdom is crying in the street. Hey. Simpleton boy girl that don't know the difference come here I got it for you come get it come get what wisdom and understanding to discern to know the difference and then we also read that we've got to cry for it we've got to go yeah I want it here I am I'm looking for it what the scriptures say in all your ways acknowledge him Well, see, you're not acknowledging him and looking to him if you just say, well, there ain't no way to know. How would anybody know? God already knows. And he's inside you. How could anybody know? You could know in a millisecond. It's possible you could know if you would acknowledge him in this situation and look for it. And the Bible said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which gives to all men liberally. So Solomon believed what God told him, that he's giving him wisdom now. And he's looking for it. He's sitting there. He's hearing all this back and forth. And he's crying about the dead baby and whose it is and how could anybody know. And he's looking inside himself going, all right. Thank you, Lord, for showing me. Hmm? Expecting to know the difference. Believing. See, there's all this talk, hyper-spiritualization, about discernment. People talk about having the gift of discernment. And that's not what the Bible says. It says discerning the spirits in 1 Corinthians. And a lot of times folk don't even know what they're talking about when they say discernment. They just think it sounds spiritual. Tell me what discernment means. To see and know the difference. You have situations every day where you need to know the difference. Is this right? Is it wrong? Is it good? Is it bad? Are they telling the truth or are they lying? Should I go? Should I stay? You need to discern what's right. What's wrong? What's good? What's bad? God already knows. He's not trying to figure it out. He already knows. So it's not a matter of somebody trying to come up with an answer. He already knows the answer. He already knows. And when you know, it's simple. It's only confusing when you don't know. When you're in the dark, you're going, which way? You know, if you're in this building, you've never been in here before. And all the lights were turned off and it was pitch black. There are no exit sign lights, nothing. And you're down here in the middle. You're trying to think. You walk around, you run into the plants. You think, man, am I already out in the bushes? Where, where am I? Right? You don't know. And you start this way because it's an incline. You didn't know it. You get tripped up and fall, hit a chair, and you start climbing under the chairs. And it's chairs and chairs and chairs and chairs and chairs, right? It could be an ordeal. You're thinking, where? Which way is it? Turn on the lights. You go, oh, there it is up there. No confusion. It's only confusing when you're in darkness, when you don't see, when you don't know. I know you've heard this story before. I know you've seen it and read it. But listen to it. To hear. Not the verdict. To hear the spirit of wisdom. Because the spirit of wisdom is exactly the same today. As here. God never changes. The same spirit of God that gave him wisdom. Lives in you. Same spirit. He said. He sat there and he heard this. They're saying, your son's the dead one. The other one said, no, he's not. It's your son. They're back and forth. He sits there. Now listen to this, friends. Numerous times, you have to wait on the wisdom of God. And you've got to make up your mind, I'm not just doing something. I don't care what the deadline is. I don't care what the pressure is. You don't have it till you have it. Are you with me now? Yes. And that means you you make up your mind. I am not passing judgment on this till I get it. I'm not just going to do something because I'm tired of fooling with it because I got other stuff to do. How many realize he could have just said something off the top of his head? Right. He's the king that had to do it. It's done. I'm tired of fooling with it. What's for lunch? But No. He loves God. He has a heart. He asked for wisdom to judge the people. That's what he wants to do. He wants to do it right. And he gets it. So many times the wisdom of God is not obvious to other people. And God will lead you left to wind up right. You know what I'm talking about? Because he knows that's the shortest path. It doesn't look like it to you, but he knows. He knows. You'll be asking him about one thing and he'll talk to you about something else. And you go, Lord. But he's answering your question. You just don't see it yet. And if you'll just follow him and begin to listen to him, the next thing you know, you look up and you got this answer. You go, wow, how'd that work? Because it was connected. You just couldn't see it. So he gets it and he goes, bring me a sword. Oh, everybody gets quiet then. They go, what do you want a sword for? (laughs) Give me the big sharp sword over there. Yeah, get that big one and the sharp one. Yes, yes. Take it right here. Where's that baby that's left at? The living one. Yeah, all right. Take the baby. I, you two guards, get on one on each side of the baby and stretch that baby out. Yeah, you, big guy, come here. Take the sword, and I want you to aim, and I want you to split that child right down the middle. And we're gonna set a list. Give half the baby to, to her, give the other half to her. Did he intend to follow through with that? No. no. But how many know what happened immediately? Hmm? Real mama? Thinks my baby's about to get split? You won't even think about it. You'll, it'll just come out of you. Right? <laughs> she cried out. Her bowels yearned upon her son because it was her son. And that could not have come out of the fake mother like that. Only God would have known how to do that so quick. Now, see, we think we're so advanced today and it would take paternity tests and lawsuits and counseling sessions and right and autopsies and appeals and still might mess it up. And where's the child all this time? Not with mama. That ain't much of an improvement, is it? Do we think we're so advanced? This is advanced. (laughs) This is advanced. This is how God does business. Skip all that. We don't need all that. We don't need court cases. We don't need tests. We don't need. Do this. Mama cries out. That's her. We're done. Next. <laughs> Do you know why we have such a mad, rush, fatigued society? Not operating in the wisdom of God. It's because people are doing the five lawsuits and the four tests and waiting all day and doing this. When if you'd have had the wisdom of God, it would have been fixed. You'd never got into it. Oh, can you see this now? And if we were operating in the wisdom of God, we'd get that thing done in an hour or two and could take the rest of the day off and go fish. Take a big old nap out on the lake, pray in tongues. Did you hear me? See, if you operate in the wisdom of God, you got plenty of time because you're not wasting time. You got plenty of money because you're not wasting it. You got plenty of friends because you're not running them off. Are y'all with me or not? Verse 27 The king answered and said, Give her the living child and in no wise slay it. She is the mother thereof. And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had judged. And they feared the king for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to do judgment. The Hebrew literally says was in the midst of him. The wisdom of God was in the middle of him to do judgment. What is judgment? To discern. To discern and know the difference. Oh, are y'all with me on this now? Man, the more you learn about this, you will not waste time on stuff that's going nowhere. Did you hear me? You won't. You won't put all this money and effort and time into projects that's going to go belly up anyway. You won't do it. Because you'll have a check. And you'll have a prompting. Because before you do everything, you'll stop. And you'll say, should I even be thinking about this, Lord? Should I even be looking at this? Is this your will? Lord, I'm acknowledging you in this. I know I know a few little things about it, but you know everything about all of this. I'm asking you to direct me in this. Show me. Give me wisdom. Give me discernment. Give me understanding. Right? And look for it. And expect it. And if need be, wait on it. And don't start the project. Don't do the thing until you get it. Go to Romans 8 real quick. Excuse me. John 8. Quickly, please. John 8. There's a wiser man than Solomon in the Bible. Did you know it? There's more than one man wiser than Solomon. Paul. More people we could look at, but then there's somebody smarter than Paul, wiser than Paul in the Bible. And in John 8, you see Jesus operating in the wisdom of God. You remember they brought to him the woman that had been caught In adultery, I guess they walked in the bedroom and found her with somebody else's husband. And they drug her out of there, into the street, either unclothed or partially clothed and certainly embarrassed. And threw her down in front of Jesus' feet. And they said, we caught this woman in the very act. And the Moses' law said, stone her. But what do you say? This ain't about adultery. This ain't about this woman. This ain't about keeping the law. What's it about? Jesus. They're trying to cause him trouble. They're trying to make him look bad. They think they got him either way he goes. See, there's a devilish wisdom, right? We've talked about that. We've seen that. See, the devil is the one who inspired these people to do this. Didn't it sound devil inspired? Because love covers. Right? If you caught somebody in sin, love does not want to hang them out to dry in the public square. So the devil's inspiring this. And he thinks he's going to back Jesus into a corner and say, All right, now, Moses in the law said stoner. Very plain. What do you say? Now the people who were looking at them, now they're looking at Jesus. What's he gonna say? See, the devil thinks, if he says, stoner, that's what the law says, then the people will go, oh, he's as bad as they are. Hard-hearted. But if he says, don't stone her, then what can they say? Ah, you crosswise with Moses and the law. You can't be right. What do we need here today in the court square with everybody watching on? What do we need? Somebody says, well, Jesus is God. He already knew. No, no. The Bible said that Jesus emptied himself. He laid aside his mighty weight and power and glory and became like other men. He didn't stop being God, but he laid aside his ability as God somebody said how could he do that he's God (laughs) he could do it but let me for instance do you remember the Bible said he learned he grew in wisdom how can you grow in wisdom and you're operating in omniscience see what I'm saying no he's operating like a man like you like me I know that seems hard for some folk to believe, but you study the scriptures carefully, you have to see it. And notice what he did. Verse 6, this they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus did what? Started talking real fast. Consulted with his disciples. Hmm? Called and asked for prayer. (laughs) What did he do? Notice what he didn't do. He didn't start talking. Oh man, this is so important. He didn't just pick. See, the devil is all the time trying to back you and me into a corner and get us to choose between two wrong choices. And he tries to get you to play by his rules. You got to pick. Got to pick. A or B. A or B. A or B. A or B. You got to pick. You might as well pick. You got to pick. A or B. Oh, but if you'll stop and check with God, he'll tell you about C, D, and E. Is that right? And oh, it makes the devil mad, but tough. Tough. See, the devil's been around a long time, long time. He's been deceiving men for a long time. And he was, you know, a created being before that. And so he has some wisdom, some devilish wisdom. So if it's you and I are pitting our wisdom against his, wouldn't be much of a match. You know, you think about, you know, 50 year old. Who's got experience in some things competing with the wit of a two-year-old? Well, how about somebody's been around for millennia? Hmm. Wouldn't be much of a match. But, but God is in us, and He gives us His wisdom. And the devil can't even touch that. He can't even touch that. And I know it must infuriate him. But tough. It ain't fair. Who said it had to be? Jesus stoops down. And starts writing. Now there's conjecture about what he wrote. But it doesn't say what he wrote. So we don't know what he wrote. Because it didn't say. And. You know, while he's doing it, verse 7 says what? They continued asking him. So this took longer than a second or two. They were asking him, and they just kept on asking him. They were grilling him. They were pressuring him. What's he doing? Notice, what did he not do? Didn't give him an answer. He didn't just choose. And he wrote. And he stooped and he wrote. And they continued. They're standing over and him going. What about it preacher? Stoner or not? What do you say? See they think they got him. And then he gets it. You wait on the Lord. Right? They that seek. They find. You ask it will be given to you. Knock it will be open. He's got it. He stands up. He said, whichever one of you is without sin, you go ahead and throw the first stone. And stoops down. And starts writing again. Well, oh, the tables are turned now. <laughs> All the people are looking at them like, you better not pick up a rock. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> I know where you were last night too. <laughs> How do we think you knew where she was and where to find them? Somebody started to pick up a rock and four people looked at him like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and one by one, they all left. And the woman, you know, stood up. He looked at her. He said, where's your condemners? She said, nobody. She said, neither do I condemn you. He didn't say it was all right. What did he say? Go. So she had sin. And what? Sin? No more. Mercy. And this thing turned out the way it should have turned out. Her going home, able to get her life back together, right? Them being shown, their hypocrisy being shown to the crowd, them having to leave. It turned out the way it was supposed to. How? By the wisdom of God, being able to discern when to say something and what to say, and not just pick between A and B. Do you see this? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Go to Proverbs again, please. Proverbs 11. Is this important? Do you believe this is? Can you learn how to look and check on the inside and get discernment and know in every situation when to say something, when not to, when to make a move, when not. Now, here's a real. We've already talked about this, but this is such a valuable thing. What do you do if you don't know? You wait in faith, not in fear. In faith, what does that mean? Expecting to see and know any moment. But you refuse to just do something. Because the pressure is on. You refuse to just act. So you don't have to fool with it anymore. I think this is one of the biggest deals in parenting. We could talk about that, and I could. You got to discern when just saying a word is okay, and when it's not. And when you tried to talk to them about something or took away a privilege, and it's not done. When they say okay, and they stomp and shut the door, you're not done. I know you're tired. I know you don't want to fool with it. And it might take four hours. Are y'all with me? Yes, but you get it done right. and I'm not talking about beating the child with a shoe. <laughs> I'm just talking about who's going to give in. Uh-huh. Did you hear me? Yes. And it ain't supposed to be you. Amen. You do it right. You won't have to do this every week. But you got to discern something beside your bed calling you. Or your TV tray and your show coming on. you got to know what time it is. There are times, I don't care what you had planned, it ain't time for that. It's time for you to take care of business. Somewhere else. There's times to be playing and out of the office and there's times not to be. There's times for recreation and hobbies, and there's time when you should be doing something else. Remember we talked about that. He said those riches endure forever. He said you need to know that your, what was it, the uh, lambs are for this, and the goats are for this. You remember that? And we talked about that. That's why people mess up their money. They get paid, and if they check their heart, what's this money for? Well, they'd see this is for tithe, this is for offering, this is for that, and rent, and this is for insurance, and this is to pay some extra on this principle. But flesh says this is to party. (laughs) Right? You have to discern. What is it for? What is the time for? What is this opportunity? What are these resources for? A wise man, wise woman's heart discerns. The time is. And the place and the judgment for everything. And there is a season. There's a time for everything. There's a time to play. There's a time to work. If you're uh, playing when you're supposed to be working, the Bible says you'll be poor. And if you're working when you're supposed to be playing, you're going to wear yourself out. There's been times before I was all primed to study on something or do something. And the Lord spoke speak to me, go to bed. I thought, Lord, I'm already here to go. But he knows what's coming up. And he knows you're mortal. Do you know what time it is? Hmm? What time is it? All through the day, all through the night, you have to discern that. What's it time to do? I don't know what the time's. That something has come up and it looked pressing. You need to do this now. And f- from making mistakes in the past. And from learning some about discernment and being led. I just had a check. No I'm not ready. Yeah but it's got to be done. It can seem like it's got to be done. You can feel like it's got to be done. But until you know. You don't know. And if you don't have the direction yet. You're on your own. You're flying by your own power. You're doing this based out of your own head. And that's how you mess up. I don't know at the times. That I'd wait. And learn. And and sometimes it'd be a week or two or a month. And and realize I don't even have to do it now. It went away. Well, was not even an issue anymore. We were wrong. What we were thinking. But the Holy Ghost knew all the time. He knew there was nothing to deal with. And then there's been other times when it didn't look look, look like anything was wrong, and the Spirit of God prompted me, You got to get on this now. You think, Why? It looks good. Get on it, get on it. And as you got into it, you found out why. How would you know these things? Only one way. For time's sake. Just go straight to the New Testament here. Maybe we can pick up here and do some more another time. But go to 1 Corinthians. I can give you a little more. Go to, on your way there. Drop by Matthew 16. Matthew 16. And then we'll make our way to 1 Corinthians 2. And possibly we'll close if we discern that it's closing time. And you're believing with me for that, correct? Yeah. Well, what's it time for? Eat sandwiches? Watch the news? (laughs) Beat somebody at the restaurant? Is that more important? You see what I'm saying? But you've got people that, you know, just absolutely get Beyond their self. If it's 1210 on a Sunday morning. Right. Why. Because they don't know what's important. You got all kind of people. That's not here tonight. Right. Or in any church. Why. They don't know what's important. You got people who never read their chapter. Always something more important. Like eating a muffin or. Watching a daily show, or digging in the flower bed, or something—always something. Why? Because they don't—they don't have discernment. They're too simple, and that's not a good thing. You got to discern what is the most important thing, and what is the most important thing for now, and for me, and for here. Matthew 16. I wanted you to see this. Jesus. Corrected his disciples on this day because of a lack of discernment. Something he felt they should have gotten. Matthew sixteen, he told them. Matthew sixteen, six. Well, verse five. When his disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Mm. And Jesus said to them, Take heed. And beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. He said, now boys, watch out for this. What? The leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they looked at each other and said, we didn't bring any bread. (laughs) I told you to get the bread. I thought you got it. You got to hear this with your ears, elsewise it'll just, it'll just go right over you. It is possible to pick up something in your spirit and then jump to a wrong conclusion about what it is and what it means for lack of discernment. Now they knew. When he said this to them, they knew it was something they needed to be thinking about and looking at. They could sense that in their spirit. But because they got bread on their mind, they just jumped to the conclusion that that's what it was. You ever done that? I have. You, you're thinking about something and then something comes up and bothers you in your spirit. And you go, that's what that is. I have been thinking about And it wasn't that at all. You did not discern correctly. You couldn't divide and tell the difference between them. That's one thing we should learn as we walk with the Lord as time goes by. He said to them, Jesus, they reasoned, they what? Reasoned. They did what? Is this where you get wisdom? From reasoning. Absolutely not. You do not get wisdom from reasoning. We've talked about this before. People talk about, well, so-and-so, they've been to college. they got three degrees. Boy, they're wise. You could have five degrees and be a fool. You could be a walking encyclopedia of information and be an absolute fool. Knowledge is not wisdom. And you could be able to spout all kind of stuff and have no understanding of what you're talking about. How it works, and don't understand how to put it into practice. Talking's one thing, doing's another. Living. You know, there are guys that can rattle off a book on scuba diving, and flying, and rebuilding the transmission, but you say, okay, build us one. Oh, I. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, he said, they reasoned among themselves, and they said, it's cause we didn't take any bread. And when Jesus perceived it, he said, oh ye of little faith, whoa, 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 whoa. What's this got to do with faith? People of God, reason in their mind, Instead of look to God and believe for lack of faith. We've already talked about this. Unbelief says we can't know. How would I know something like that? How could I know whether I should go on the trip or not? Who's going to know what's going to happen next month? How can I know whether to accept this invitation for this meeting or not? How can I know whether this church will receive this Word or, or whether or not it will be a waste of our time? How will I know? How will I know that it will be good and God will bless me and protect me and I won't crash and I won't get in a thunderstorm and I won't get mugged? And I'm, How will I know? Well, see, unbelief says you can't know. There just ain't no way. We ain't God. We don't know the future now. And you just can't never tell. You just never, you never know. Have you ever seen that before? Christians, Christians, say it like it is right out of the Bible. Just look at each other and go, "Well, well, you just never know. Like that's some kind of holy thing. What what does that mean? That is reasoning and it is being spiritually lazy. Did you hear me? Hold your place right here. Go to Ephesians. Well, we did get another scripture in here, didn't we? Ephesians. I could quote it to you, but I want you to look at it. Ephesians 5. 15. 515, see that you walk circumspectly, one translation says responsibly, not as fools, but as wise. redeeming the time, don't blow all your time, be wise because the days are evil. Wherefore, be you not unwise, but what? Understanding what the will of the Lord is. See unbelief says we can't know. We just can't know. And that's not for us to know. That's up to the good Lord. And it's just all in his hands. And how would we know the will of God? Well when it happens then we'll find out that's what his will was. And that's how a huge portion of the church world operates. Well how will we know if it's God or not? Well. We'll pray real good and ask the Lord. And then we'll just blast off into it. And if it works good, well, lo and behold, it was the will of the Lord. Yeah. And if we flop and it just all goes bad, well, we'll know that wasn't the will of the Lord. You know I'm talking about 80% of the body of Christ. We'll just pray and then take off and see. We'll just see what we'll see. To find out if it's the will of... What does this say? What does this say? Don't be unwise. But what? Can you understand? Can we find out the will of God? Can we know? Can we understand the will of God? Can we discern between what is His will and what is not? We can And it starts with this. You must believe you can know it. You must believe you can get from him. Discernment and wisdom and direction so that you know. You're not just shooting in the dark. You're not just running down the path in the blind. Hoping it's going to work out. Hoping it's the will of God. No. No. We're not left to such crude ignorant methods of navigation. I mean, wouldn't that be something? Would you want to ride with me? We're going to go fire up the airplane. say, where are we going? I don't know. Let's just go somewhere. What do you mean? Well, we'll just see where we go. Push that throttle way on up. Blast out of there. Which way are we going? I don't know. I'm just going to let this thing go. Where are we going? I don't know. And of course, if you're covering ground, 400 miles an hour, you're going somewhere. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and if you don't know where you're going, you're going to get there before you know where you went. And <laughs> time you find out where you are, it can be too late. Yeah. You need a plan. Right. I said you need a plan. Yeah. You need to know. Well in God you need to get His plan. He's got a plan. And it's a plan with a course for healing. And victory. And blessing. And success. And increase. And He's already got it mapped for us. And every time we come to a juncture. We don't have to stand there and flip coins. Or put out a fleece. Or ask for counseling. We can look right on the inside. And know. This way. Now when you get this way, what do you do? Don't talk about anything else. Yeah, but what about those other four avenues over there? They look like nice roads. When you get this, do not even look at the others. It'll only confuse you. Don't talk about them. Don't look at them. It's kind of like when you find your spouse. Huh? Men, how many wives do you need? Ladies, how many husbands do you? One. So why look at the rest? Well, I wonder if they would have made a good husband. That's something you ought not be wondering. Well, I wonder how she'd be to live with. That's a thought you ought not be entertaining at all. At all. And if you never entertain it. You're never going to have any confusion. Right? You're never going to spend too much time with somebody else. Talking about stuff you ought not be talking about. Opening up your heart to them. And oops you fell in love. And now you fell out of love with your wife. And. You know, you just can't help it. It was bigger than the both of us. Love. I was a victim of love. (laughs) You're a fool. (laughs) Don't know what you're leaving, don't know where you're going, don't know who you are. A fool. A fool. Some folks wish I'd have quit a few minutes ago. But this is right, this is good. That's right. That's good. Finally, First Corinthians two. Is that what I told you? Yes, sir. Yeah. First Corinthians two. Said out loud, I am no fool. I am no fool. I'm a child of God. I have the wisdom of God. He gives me discernment. He gives me discernment. Understanding. Causes me, to know causes me to know. The difference. The difference. Between, right and wrong. between right and wrong. Good and evil. Good and evil. Important. Important. Unimportant. Unimportant. Precious. 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 Not, valuable. Not valuable. He makes me to know these things. He makes to know things. By the Spirit. By the, spirit. By, the By the unction. Of the Holy One. The Holy One. Inside me. Inside me. Hallelujah. 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 Said out loud like the word says about a. Solomon said out loud, There's wisdom, there wisdom in, the midst of me. in the midst of me. Now close your eyes, put your hand on your belly. The Bible says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Say it again, there is wisdom. There is wisdom. The, wisdom of God, the wisdom of God in the midst of me. In the midst of me. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. First Corinthians two. First Corinthians two. I think I'm closing. He said, verse 12, we have received, 1 Corinthians 2, 12, we received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. That we might what? No. Guess about, wonder about, reason about. No, no, that we might Know which things we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. For the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, neither can he know them, because they are what? They are spiritually discerned spiritually discern listen to the uh, living on this he says we use the holy spirit's words to explain holy spirit facts but the man who isn't a christian can't understand can't accept these thoughts from god which the holy spirit teaches they sound foolish to him he said the spiritual man has insight into everything And that bothers and baffles the man of the world who can't understand him at all. Fifteen, he that is spiritual judges all things, but himself is judged of no man. A man or woman who has discernment, they understand what other people are saying in between the words. People are telling them more than they mean to all the time. A person of wisdom and understanding, you open your mouth and you tell them a lot more than you meant to. But on turned around, the simple person is not seeing into the spiritual person. They don't see and understand them. It's like children and parents, right? Any parents know what I'm talking about. Child's trying to snow you, <laughs> and they forgot you used to be 13 too. That's right. <laughs> And they start trying to tell you something. And they didn't mean to tell you what they told you. But you saw between the lines. You saw where it came from and where it was going. That is true spiritually. With our spiritual elders. Are you with me? That's one reason we're supposed to have pastors and leaders and elders. And it's one reason you're supposed to show up and come to church. And be involved in things. One reason why people don't is because they don't want people getting to know them. They like to pretend and play games, so they like to bounce around from church to church. And pretend like they're something they're not, but not stay long enough for anybody to really find out and get to know them. A lot of people don't really want a pastor. They want a little preacher. A good little preacher. You might know what I'm talking about. Oh, y'all come over. We got a good little preacher. He don't go long. Anytime you call him, he's right there. Anytime you want to talk to him, he talk to you all day. Good little preacher. See, they just told you more than they meant to. He's not their pastor. They don't respect him. They think he's their hireling. And if they don't like what he's doing, they'll fire him and get him another good little preacher. But a real pastor is a daddy. That's right. Can't fire you, daddy. And Phyllis is the mama. Well, sometimes mama straighten you out. That's right. That's right. And don't have to call daddy. You don't want to have to call daddy. Right? You want to say. Mama says. I'm going to tell your daddy when he gets home. You know you're in trouble. And if you got any kind of daddy. You don't want that to happen. Not that they're going to hurt you. And beat you. No. Ain't love. But you just know. Hmm. Well I knew I didn't want to hear that. (laughs) I did a few times. But he said, the spiritual man is judged of no man. Verse 16, for who has known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him? Of course, nobody. But, didn't end there. It didn't end there. Didn't end there. But what? Oh, this is shouting ground tonight. But what? We have... The mind of the anointed one. We have the mind of the spirit anointed. Christ. Did he know what to do? Did he discern? You know there was a time. They said the crowd came. And they were uh, intent on making him a king that day. They would already made up their mind whether he wants to or not. He left before they could ever get started. Because the Bible said he knew what was in man. And he didn't need did man testify for him. He just didn't even talk to him. He didn't hang around for the little coronation meeting. Always at the right place. At the right time. Always knew the right thing to say. When to be quiet. How far to go and no further. Always knew. I don't think we're seeing this strong enough. We have this mind. This mind is in us. Oh, glory to God. Stand on your feet and say, This mind mind is in me. me. The mind of the anointed one. The mind of wisdom. The mind of of discernment. Is in in me. In me.